Welcome to Movies Are Life. I'm your host, Nathan Chandler. Today, we are traveling across the pond for wedding bells and funeral tolls to discuss the number 14 film on the 50 best rom-coms list for weddings and a funeral. I'm thrilled to welcome in returning guest, Jennifer Hill. Even though there is a funeral involved with this story, I think uh, this will be a lighter discussion than the one we had about the Manchurian candidate. I don't know what you think. (laughs) Yeah, way more laughs in this one than in the Manchurian candidate. (laughs) Not too many laughs in that one. yeah, so uh, yeah, Jennifer joined us for episode number 22 uh, for that discussion uh, back in, I think it was November, but you can easily West. find, yeah, you can easily find that uh, episode on our website or uh, through the, your podcast app. But anyway, that was a very uh, enjoyable episode, but yeah, uh, pr- pretty dark. This one uh, has a more uh, joyful tone to it, but uh, before we jump into it, how's your summer going? It's great. It's great. I have been forgetting what day it is and just kind of <laughs> melting into nothing. So that's, that's great. That's if, people, if people didn't know, Jennifer is a tremendous teacher, which means that you're hopefully enjoying a well-deserved break. <laughs> it is absolutely well-deserved. Yes. Yeah. And hopefully not melting with now that the summer heat is coming on strong. No, we're good. Yeah. So a lot of people, when they think of summer, they actually think of weddings. So why don't we go ahead and jump in to four weddings and a funeral. What do you think? Divine. Hugh Grant and Andy McDowell invite you to four weddings and a funeral. Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Four Weddings and a Funeral is a 1994 British romantic comedy film directed by Mike Newell. It is the first of several films by screenwriter Richard Curtis to feature Hugh Grant and follows the adventures of Charles, played by Grant, and his circle of friends through a number of social occasions as they each encounter a romance. Andy McDowell stars as Charles' love interest, Carrie, with Kristen Scott Thomas, James Fleet, Simon Callow, John Hanna, Charlotte Coleman, David Bauer, Corinne Redgrave, and Rowan Atkinson in supporting roles. This film was made in six weeks, cost under three million pounds. I had to look up what that exchange rate was, basically like $3.5 million uh, in U.S. currency, and became an unexpected success and the highest grossing British film in history at the time with a worldwide box office total of $245.7 million and receiving Academy Award nominations for Best Picture and Best Original Screenplay. Additionally, Grant won the Golden Globe Award for Best Actor in a Motion Picture, Musical, or Comedy and the BAFTA Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role. And the film won the BAFTA Award for Best Film, Best Direction, and Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Scott Thomas. So the British really love this movie, apparently. So, for good reason. Uh, yeah, for real good. And I, uh, one thing I always remember about this film, too, is that, one, it was nominated for a Best Picture, but 1994 is considered one of the best years for film. Uh, so that year, uh, I, famously, Forrest Gump won, but Pulp Fiction mm-hmm. was up for Best Picture that year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Shawshank Redemption was that year as well. So anyway, it's always kind of regarded as a, you know, uh, what, you know, definitely a good movie year. Uh, Before we we jump into this, I remembered, um, I believe who, uh, not too long ago, Hulu uh, 
adapted this into a TV show. Uh, did you happen to see that TV show? I couldn't get into it. I mean, I started it with good intentions yeah. and just never grabbed me the same way. I don't know yeah, why. I, I, I saw that the reviews weren't super great. And then also nobody that I knew was seemed to be talking about it. So I, I just, right. I never, I never checked it out. So, um, no. well, well, you, you said this is uh, one of your favorites. So what, what's your backstory with this movie? So I think the time of my life, it's, it was just a perfect time in my life for this movie. So it came out the spring of 1994. Uh, I was, I had just finished student teaching. I had moved home with my parents and was substitute teaching before I got a job. So here I am, I'm at home. All my high school friends are doing other things. I'm missing my college friends. I honestly think I went by myself to this movie. First movie, I mean, I love that now, but at the time it was just sad. Um, and here I see this movie. This is the time in your life, right? Late in college when mm. everyone's getting married. We're both from that, you know, regionally and culturally. Everyone is getting married. You go to a million weddings. And you kind of sit and snark with your buddies. <laughs> so it was perfect for me. It was perfect. Um, and so, you know, it was my love of that friend group. And I am not going to lie, that floppy-haired, self-effacing Hugh Grant, it just, it was perfect for me. <laughs> Two things that I thought of when you were talking. One is certainly... It's kind of funny. I, I think maybe a lot of entertainment was hitting on these type of themes because famously, you know, one of the most popular TV shows ever, Friends, was out, which is, you know, very much the same concept of it's like, this is your uh, family in, during the, you know, during those years and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting right. that these both uh, kind of, <laughs> you know, came out around the same time. Uh, also, uh, are, are you a fan of, uh, Brit British shows, and I'll say I'll say this kind of, it's a lot easier now to see British entertainment, you know, with streaming and Much BBC. Easier. Yeah, BBC America. I think uh, I, I would by no means say I was a connoisseur of British entertainment or certainly British hum humor. But at the time, I feel like when this came out, probably the only way you would get such thing is probably like PBS. <laughs> right, right, and that would be um, Monty Python and Doctor yeah. Who. And I have married a Whovian. Okay. <laughs> At the time, no, that was not on my radar. Um, no, and I think part of the draw for me too is that I had done um, a January term in London with this crowd of friends from college, you know, with oh. my theater friend. And so it was kind of the throwback to that. But no, this was really probably one of my first exposures to British made comedy. Right, right. So, yeah, I'm I'm thinking, uh, you know, of course, there's always been uh, instances where uh, British entertainment kind of broke into American culture. I mean, you, I think you mentioned it, Monty Python, obviously, okay. it's like a huge, ex huge example. Uh, Fish Called Wanda uh, from the 1980s, you know, was famously a movie uh, that got a lot of attention. So it's seemed like a couple every couple of years or so. Now that the best pictures have kind of expanded their slots, uh, 
it's not uncommon to see maybe an international film, but it did always seem at that time, especially in the nineties, when there was only five categories, there always seemed to be a slot for like the British drama or the British <laughs> comedy for yes. whatever reason. So what is Helen Bonham Carter doing this year? Category. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah pretty much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah. So, um, so what do you, obviously I think you, you like this film you kind of touched a little bit kind of really kind of relating to these people uh, in these characters in some way or another, but what, what do you really like about this film? Um, the self-effacing humor that they use, it's so well-written and it's funny because um, this watch that I watched to prepare for, for tonight uh, was the first time that I'd actually watched the movie with my husband who okay. is very into the other side of Richard Curtis. He watched, he's a big fan of um, Black Adder, of the BBC comedy that actually stars Rowan Atkinson. Okay. Um, and so, you know, and I've done all the movies this direction, the Notting Hills and the Love Actuallys and all of that. Um, and so just the introduction to that humor, um, I love, I love friends that, and you've seen, um, I think the friend group with with uh, Whitney and the group of us that volunteer together, friends that are loving but not necessarily sweet to one another. <laughs> what, are you what, what are you talking about? I've never seen that side of you. No, at you've all. never seen us be sarcastic <laughs> at all, not a bit. But that's the thing: is they are um, they they are snarky. They are sarcastic seemingly caustic but you see these moments of just this genuine love for one another and yes. um i think you know we we texted about this jokingly it's not a joke actually that the love story here is the friend group to me mm -hmm. yeah yeah no for sure yeah um you kind of touched on it but this is famously one of uh yeah, Richard Curtis, who wrote the movie, you know, he, you mentioned it, he, he went on to direct movies, uh, not, Notting, well, uh, I'm not quite sure if he directed Notting Hill, but he definitely wrote, yeah, he, he definitely pinned the strip. I know Love Actually is a Curtis film, but also has done a lot of stuff with Hugh Grant. And it's funny, a lot of these movies will come up on the list. It's kind of funny at this point, we haven't hit one, a hit on one yet, but, um, this is why I'm telling you. I could be your senior Hugh Grant correspondent. I'm just going to leave it. Don't answer. Just I'm going to leave it with you to decide. Yeah, and he uh, Hugh Grant is a very very interesting. I mean, he's he's been in a lot of stuff, and I, I think definitely has had a resurgence where he's kind of been able to break out of the mold of what this movie made him so famous for, as it's kind of the uh, bumbling, love struck all shucks, but really handsome British yeah. actor guy. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know, but it's funny. I th he, I think he was in padding, uh, panting bear, the second one. And he's really good that. in that. Yeah. He's really good in that. Um, we watched him. Oh, it slipped. I, sh I should have better research for this. It's just slipping my mind, but he was, uh, we watched him in the show with Nicole Kidman, uh, where, you're trying to figure out if he basically committed this murder or not, but he, he basically kind of gets to finally play a different side of a role. And he, he was really, he was really good. And actually probably mm -hmm. one of the only reasons, uh, the two watch it almost, <laughs> but okay. yeah. um, have you seen that? Uh, I haven't, I, I haven't. 
No, I'm so, it's so funny because he's someone who, except for probably that performance, um, his public persona and his screen persona blend so much, you know, if you see him in interviews now, he's very much in on the joke about himself. Um, and he was in Paddington. That's, I think, what was so charming about his performance in Paddington, too, is that, you know, he was completely in on every possible joke that he was a man past his prime and a criminal and, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it was it was the undoing. It was a miniseries on HBO. It came out in okay. 2020. So, yeah, it's it's definitely worth, uh, worth seeing. So he's almost playing... Uh, he's playing on, you know, he's definitely kind of like this seedy rich guy, but mm -hmm. he has the tendencies that he's been known for, like in a movie like this, but then he kind of uses, uses it to mask it for uh, something darker, basically. So it's kind of a okay. inter interesting portrayal there. Um, cool. So, yeah. So before we dive into the love story between, Hugh Grant's character, Charles and uh, Carrie played by Andy McDowell. I, I wanted at least to hit because overall I, 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 I do enjoy this movie. Uh, their relationship. I just a little befuddled about, but uh, before going into that, I, the things that I really like about this movie is the, uh, the non-traditional structure of this whole story especially because in almost all our storytelling that we consume, it's in a three act structure. And this one kind of takes that and just, you know, throws it against the wall. And I, mm -hmm. I like that. I like the concept that, you know, the title four weddings and a funeral, uh, you know, so you kind of mentally, it almost invests you right away. Cause you're wondering, especially uh, what the, who the funeral is going to be for, but right. um, also just, uh, you know, it's basically five events in one movie, but it, the movie itself flows really well. And I think it's pretty impressive that Curtis was able to pin a script that was able to still uh, seem, seamlessly flow uh, between all the scenes and characters. And again, it feels like that time in your life because you almost are just measuring from wedding to wedding to wedding to wedding and comparing notes on them and things like that. It's, yeah. Yeah the structure lends itself to that really well. Yeah. And I, I would think if somebody is maybe not quite at that point in their life, or it's been a while, maybe since they're at that point in their life, I could see almost them watching this movie and going, wait, man, would you really have that many weddings in that close of a time period? And it's like, yes, yeah, yes, yes, you would. Yes. You would. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also like, uh, as we talked about the supporting characters here, I, I, I really enjoy the characters as a whole. I'm always impressed when a movie like this, cause it's, you know, it's probably what, about two hours or so, but the fact yeah. that we, even though initially I probably couldn't tell you, you know, all their names, but you know, each one stands out in their own way, you know, and it's, mm -hmm. they're just, they're very memorable. And I don't want to take away either that, like, I think this movie it's very funny. Like it just has very funny scenes. <laughs> yes. What are some of the supporting performances that stand out to you? You know, what I took and remembered over the years uh, was the Kristen Scott Thomas performance because she was just this dark humored, just mm -hmm. caustic, sarcastic woman. But as I watched it again this time, I loved Gareth so much. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah the false staff kind of just this big affable everything is larger than life 
Um, and honestly, when, when you asked about favorite lines, I mean, most of them are his. Yes. Yes. And I, I love the relationship between him and Matthew in this, and especially even thinking in the context of how, where the world was at with, uh, homosexual relationships. Mm -hmm. And, um, I feel like so much is said about the relationship without being said, even, uh, when spoiler alert, uh, Gareth, that he's, he's basically the funeral part, <laughs> of yeah. show. but even how the parents, you know, you can, you know, just by the glances and the looks and the way, uh, in Matthew's speech about Gareth, like how much has been left unsaid about their relationship, even though everybody knows about it. Um, and I think that very much probably he has WH on. Auden say all of it. Right, right, right. Yeah. 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 Um, and you, uh, you mentioned him earl earlier, but Rowan Atkinson, you know, um, as father Gerald, I, this is definitely, I mean, I've owned up to my uh, nerdiness, but for whatever reason, I don't even know why I became a Mr. Bean fan. <laughs> When I was because like, he's hilarious. Because he's, he's hilarious. Yeah, but like, I guess, I mean, and even saying, like, I wasn't someone who just watched PBS, but I guess I'm still someone who likes to stay up late and watch TV. And mm -hmm. I feel like th that, like, flipping around, that's when it came on, or I don't know who told me about him, but I've always appreciated uh, his humor. And it's, it's really funny. Uh, uh, not too long ago, it came out on Netflix, but it's a TV show called Man vs. B, and he's in it. Have you seen this? No, there was a long uh, shtick about it on a podcast that I listened to, and I, I've meant to go back because I know it is that very physical humor, that kind yes. of Mr. Bean humor. Yes, now, yes. It's kind of an insight. I mean, it's not regarded well on the podcast that I listened to. Is it? Is, <laughs> do you think it's a funny movie? Oh yeah, it's a it's it's a mini series. So it was like okay. six episodes. The first one was like thirty minutes, but then the episodes after that were uh, five to ten minutes each. They were like very short, okay. and it's very like cringe humor, just kind of like just bad things happening all the time. Mm -hmm. And like I watched it uh, with our girls because it was a very safe show to watch, and kind of was like sh introducing them to Mr. Bean without like showing them you know, British shows from the early 1990s. And so, yeah, they dug it. So let's talk about Claire. Um, she's perhaps the most cruel, horrible, romantic lead in a movie ever. Oh my gosh. She's a fence post with good hair. Um, <laughs> and you know what I remember too about this era? Because another movie that I really, really enjoyed from this era was Green Card with Gerard Depardieu. Okay. She is just as bad in that. Um, and I, I think, oh, well, it's, she plays against these interesting male leads, but uh, she just. Yeah. Now, uh, I think definitely she has a stiffness in her acting here, but also I think the character is just a horrible person as well. Uh, and so. But are we supposed to like, are we supposed to like any of Charlie's love interests? He's a serial monogamist. Right. We meet Duckface. Uh, yes. We meet uh, Miss Piggy. You know, we meet several of his love interests. And I mean, we're supposed to know that things are different with Carrie. But like, I don't know that we have to like her. I mean, she was pretty much engaged when they first 
hook up, even though he didn't know that, correct? Right, uh, right. So that's kind of one. Uh, two, inviting him to the wedding, uh, to her wedding, yeah. when it was friends too. I know they kind of explain that a little bit, but that's that's kind of weird, especially as expensive as weddings are. Uh, right. So that's very weird. I, I kind of equated it to, it just reminded me of like just a mean girl that would come into the room and get all the attention. And once she got the attention, discard everybody's feelings around her. <laughs> at all, so. I can see that. I can see that. Um, you know, it's funny. It was the, it's probably one of the only romantic comedies that I've seen. And I don't find myself going, Oh, I wish I was like her. I don't, I don't want to be like her at all. No, um, no, no. And the scene where she's essentially telling Charles about every, uh, sexual interaction that she's had is quite like, uh, it's, it's just an interest, interesting, interesting approach to go into a date. <laughs> it is. It very and this is what their second date. I'm going to use the term date loosely because yeah. Yeah. It's not. But, you know, yeah, it's their second time to talk and um it's a it's a high number. <laughs> so. It is. It is. And it's and it, like numbers aside, it's not almost so much that, but like, as you just mentioned, as far as like how early on in the process of this relationship yeah. that she's divulging this information. Yeah. I, I have to, because I've been dogging on uh, Carrie so much. I, I think Whitney and I, after watching this film, probably talked about how horrible a person she was for the next hour or so. So I thought um, since Jennifer and Whitney know each other really well, I thought you would appreciate the dialogues so i'm bringing in whitney a little bit in here just to give her quick thoughts on carrie and carl's relationship well i feel like i'm late to the party i don't even know what you thought well you don't even have to i i, I don't like her um oh, okay the story is the friends we made along the way it's all yes. about the friend um i've had a crush on hugh grant for 30 years now um, totally and i hate carrie go on so uh, just as a quick plug I've loved this movie like my whole life. Like, mm -hmm. you know, being a preacher's kid, like I loved all the ceremonies. I loved the funny things the preacher said or the priest or whoever they were. I, I, all I remembered was loving it. And then Nathan and I watched it probably like 10 years ago or so because we saw a post about, that he made about it or five, I don't know, a while ago. And we saw a post that he made about it. And we talked about, that was the first time I realized that she's a horrible human being. She's you awful. know, I didn't think of her as being awful. I just thought about not liking her. Um, but yes, as as you talk more and more about her, I'm like, yeah. oh, she really is. Like, why would she ever marry Hamish? She's disgusting. Money. Yeah, that's why, because she's Money. a horrible human being. Yeah. And then like she registered for that terrible pygmy. Like that alone is yes. like that story was disgusting. And nothing on her list was under five thousand pounds or something that, like that. And that's nineteen ninety-five. Yeah pounds not yeah yeah no i'd be that'd be atrocious now i mean she's right. just like but then i mean at, weirdly i never really fault hugh grant for for sleeping with her but like she i like, will purpose... not fault hugh grant <laughs> no don't don't i mean I, will, just, I just yeah i just wouldn't but yeah she just drives me crazy in that movie and i just i never know why she's there and even though this movie is ranked highly everybody loves it it was up for awards Mm -hmm. Like, why was she ever at the weddings? Why did she come to London to go to these weddings? It She made no sense in the movie. And then I don't know why she 
they have this love story at the end. It just, it's like, ooh, I just, it bothered me. So I know I'm not supposed to, this isn't what this podcast is about, but did you see her and Michael? When she yeah. sang, when she sang about pie, pie, yeah. pie. <laughs> that's, that's also all I think about her. You it's know what I think of? I saw. And I, this is, this is the movie you may have never seen. Did you see Green Card with Gerard Depardieu? Oh yeah, for sure I okay. did. Okay. And when she's like, and you ruthlessly love me, didn't you? She's terrible. And yet I always liked her. That's what I mean. Is like I, I liked her in all those movies when I Why, saw no. them. But yeah, now I, I go back in them. You liked the movies she's in. That's true. That is a true statement. She That's might true. be a bad actress with a good agent. Yes. Yeah. Great. I'm with it. And she had good hair. So that did it for her. The hair. I know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know. I've been swatting my curly hair this whole yeah. time. And she just, so oh. Oh, is it raining? I had no idea. <laughs> oh, that is the worst. Like it really is. Because you knew she didn't love him. Like that. Who cares? She, I'm gonna send you to. I'm gonna send you to a TikTok that I found <laughs> that parodies that scene in a little bit. As soon okay. as we get off this call, I'm gonna send you a TikTok. You can link to it in the show notes. Oh yes, he will. It's great. It's great. Well. I don't know what else I was supposed to say about this, but that's just, I couldn't even believe it. Like I kept thinking, why, why did this movie make it so well? And it had Hugh to be just Hugh Grant. Yeah, Hugh Grant and the friendship stories, but yes. still like, why wasn't she with, why, why was he not with the friend that loved him? Because you never fall for the one you're supposed to. But you like, never fall for the one you're face. supposed to. I mean, duck face was, ugh, but and why? he needed prince charles yeah but she why? did but he could be prince charles hugh, hugh grant I mean, yeah sure better than prince charles Ugh. Ugh. yeah I anyway know. i don't know i don't know either okay he i'm done i got the signal my time my time on your pod is up so well thank you for joining us thank you for having me it was lovely <laughs> to be here bye bye so i would say especially at this point where the characters are in their life attending you would attend more weddings than you would funerals you know uh yes. any kind of connection with the the settings of all these weddings and the funeral in this movie you know i think um i had the experience of attending um a friend's funeral. one of my friends from high school passed away uh like when i was in college um and so I had that feeling of the first funeral of one of my people. And so I very much see that in that group, um, this sense of they are sticking so close together. Um, and it's, again, it's another time that you see, you know, how much they love one another. Um, but it is that shock at being there. And I think, you know, we add that extra shock because, again, we're not we're not saying out loud who Matthew and Gareth were for one another. Um, and, you know, it's not until the end of that that they realize, you know, we actually they're the most stable couple among us and we don't acknowledge it. Um, and so, I mean, that's just it's poignant and it's very much a kind of an artifact of, you know, pre-marriage equality era. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked what this movie does in the sense of how weddings and funerals make you uh, become 
quite introspective about your life, regardless mm-hmm. if you're, you're with somebody or not. Uh, what are some of your uh, favorite scenes or quotes in this movie? <laughs> a quote is like, especially with Hugh Grant doing the delivery, <laughs> it's like paragraphs long because he, yes. he, he takes a long time to get to uh, the thing that he's wanting to say. It, really this time so much about Gareth stuck out to me. And I always... I do carry those lines in my head. They're not anything you can pop out with friends the way you can some other movies, you know, but uh, the, at uh, Carrie's wedding, when he walks into the reception and he says, it's bloody Brigadoon. Um, I'm going to let you know also that one of my least favorite things is a fake British accent. So I'm going to really try not to do that. Um, But the line actually, actually, I believe it is at that wedding where the woman says, do you actually know Oscar Wilde? And he completely just piles on the accent. Not personally, no. (laughs) But I could get you his fax number. Um, I just, and those, I mean, those lines play in my head. Um, Where, you know, Charles says to Tom, are you the richest man in England? I'm like seventh or not. No. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, we, we talked about him a little bit, but definitely Rowan Atkinson as this uh, new, new priest at the wedding. That's definitely probably a scene I remember most from this and the guy that's <laughs> that got the most attention, even though kind of watching it after you've seen it a couple of times. It, I don't think it's near the funniest scene in the movie. It's not, but the holy spigot sticks with you. You know, <laughs> yes. the father and the son and the Holy Spigot. Yeah, um, I I like I like the wedding where uh, uh, I forgot which one it was. Maybe it's the second one. But when Charles is basically sitting with all his exes, that's a that's a pretty funny moment as well. That's the second one. Yeah, yeah, that one's great. Uh, yeah, um, the line too, and this is not funny. It's not quotable. It's not anything like that, but it's just such a capsule as they walk into Carrie's reception, the wedding three. And Gareth says, you know, I'm tired of going to these weddings. Um, I want to go to a wedding of someone I actually love. So let's get in there. Let's find husbands and wives a toast before we go into battle to true love, whatever shape or form it may come. May we all in our dotage be proud to say I was adored once too. <laughs> I just, it just kind of encapsulates the whole situation. A very memorable moment. And kind of going back to uh, how horrible a person Carrie is, uh, is <laughs> the, the, the few moments we actually go away from the weddings and, and the funeral uh, where Charles and, Carrie run into each other or whatever. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's lots of moments there. And the fact, I just remember this now, the fact that she takes him wedding dress shopping. I mean, <laughs> just, yes. just another, another notch on like, Carrie, what, like, what are you doing? Um, right. And so I, I think, I guess maybe uh, Charles is so desperate to be in love with somebody. Uh, I just, um, uh, well, this is a really stupid question. And uh, particularly in view of our recent shopping excursion, but uh I just wondered if by any chance, um, uh, I mean, obviously not because I am just some kid who's only slept with nine people, but I, I just wondered, uh, I, I really feel, um, uh, in short, uh, to recap in a slightly clearer version, uh, in the words of David Cassidy, in fact, um, 
while he was still with the Partridge family, uh, I think I love you. I really like that moment a lot. I do too. I do too. Yeah, I actually copied that whole thing down because it just is, you know, takes so long to get to it. Yeah, and you know, Charles has just an amazing group of friends because they never seem to, you know, they very much support him in his quest uh, to be with Carrie. So they, you know, uh, they do. I, yeah, I, I don't know if it's just the British American factor there. It's almost like being American is her only personality trait. But I will say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that when when I went, you know, when I did that little few weeks study abroad in London, um, I got a lot of attention for just being American. I did not uh, capitalize on that in a Andy McDowell kind of way. But, you know, there were times where, you know, you'd be, uh, we went to um, Hyde Park where people just speak. They get on a soapbox and speak. Oh, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, and loved that. We went both Sundays we were there. And, uh, you know, there was always this one guy, oh, there's the American girl. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> other things, but sure. So maybe that's it. Maybe, you know, being an American is a personality trait for her. Movie musings. Do you remember a time when you were really late to an important event? <sighs> Let me think. Really, really late. Um, I try so hard to be just a little bit early if I can. Um, but actually, you know, within the last couple of weeks, I talked about summer kind of melting into itself. Uh, my son's last piano lesson um, for the school year was actually after I was out of school. And I, I got to the piano teacher's house. She's a friend of ours. Hi, Renee. And uh, I got there and I said, oh, great, we made it. And it's time for you. And she goes, well, you've got like five minutes. I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> I handled it better than Charles did, I think. I didn't yell, didn't drop an F-bomb in front of my son at all. Um, and this morning, I actually had a doctor's appointment. In my head, that appointment was at 9.30. It was at 9. And so uh, <laughs> I called as I was driving there, and I was like, hi, should I bother? They're like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I don't do it often. I don't yeah. do it often. So I, I'm someone who is really time conscious, like, or I'm just someone who always is very aware of like what time it is almost to my own detriment sometimes for sure. But mm -hmm. uh, when, this is what this movie kind of made me think of was a time. And this was really before, I mean, I know that like garments were out and that sort of thing, but uh, I actually had a, uh, ex-girlfriend from college and is very like non-serious like we we stayed like good friends or whatever like that so i actually got the invite like to her wedding and this was like a little bit after graduation i think and she was getting married in downtown dallas and so you know i hadn't just gone to dallas certainly by myself very much before mm -hmm. and i remember i had the printout of the uh, probably map quest directions uh to the wedding and it was in the heart of downtown. And I mean, I just got turned around. I got lost. And I, and, and, yeah. and I started uh, panicking because I just could, even though 
I mean, even though I had a good relationship with her and we still had a group of friends that we were friends with, I was just like, no matter what, this looks weird when I come in, you know, yeah. like, and I, I got there literally right before they walked down the aisle. Cause it's one of those, I almost was even trying to decide if I don't show up, I feel like that causes something. But also if I like showing up late, like I also felt like that meant like I was making a statement too. I was, I was completely just frazzled beyond belief. You open the door and tell, this doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I very much support their relationship. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I love uh, you all. I, I'm generation enough that didn't ever actually use the really like long fold out maps, but I'm old enough to be the generation of having the map quest uh, uh, you know, directions printed out and trying to drive through Dallas, downtown Dallas, not a very safe uh, tactic. <laughs> yeah, it makes me anxious thinking about it. Yeah, yeah. But this movie, we kind of talked a, a little bit about, uh, I mean, I've never been quite uh, where Charles was sitting with all his exes, but I've definitely been at the wedding where I was at a very weird table. I'm like, oh, so I got stuck at this table. <laughs> <laughs> i see where you what you thought of me good thanks yeah you're almost like why, why did you even send me an invite but anyway uh yeah um ha have you ever had to give an important toast uh that's definitely you know there's lots of uh very memorable moments you know as charles toast at the beginning but also uh other characters as well but i was wondering if you've ever had to give an important toast or any kind of big like public speaking event have you had to give a well, keynote I mean, I've, I've officiated a wedding. Uh, oh, nice. My friends. Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, did you have and, to get ordained for that? I did. I did. And the internet oh. was happy to do it. Yeah. Nice. Um, mm -hmm. Went to the courthouse. I, I may still be in the books. I may be available to officiate if you need me. <laughs> Not you. I know you don't. Um, but, you know, I've actually been the funeral speaker uh, for both my dad and my sister spoke at their funerals. Um, they were four years apart, I want to say. So I've almost like the horrible, morbid joke is that when my mother passes, you know, that it'll be like, well, we're going to wrap up this series, friends. Oh, oh, I know. I, I know. <laughs> well, I, man, I, I, I haven't had to be in that spot yet but i i i can't imagine I, i'm sure that's so hard to um yeah do that it's, it's hard mean, but you want to yeah you yeah know. yeah 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 um for sure yeah i uh i haven't uh I, i've done a couple sort of i i too uh, officiated a wedding before but i didn't have to get ordained for it so they thankfully uh, had already uh, gone to the courthouse and everything. It was more kind of, you know, symbolic more than anything. Okay. And they wrote everything out for me. So I was, I, I was very glad uh, to do that and stuff, but mm -hmm. um, yeah. Uh, so in this movie, uh, they very, there's a lot of motifs and symbolism around rain, certainly at the end, lots and lots of rain, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they talk about a thunderbolt moment. Uh, when that was somebody. So I was wondering, did, did you have a thunderbolt moment uh, with your now husband? Okay. This is a really funny story. That's going to sound a little bit morbid. So I've already told you, you know, and I, I lost, uh, have lost both my father and my sister. Um, I actually uh, started dating my husband in March 
uh, before my sister died at the end of June. Um, okay. My husband met my mother in a hospital waiting room. Uh, uh, my sister died of brain cancer. Okay. Uh, two, two months from diagnosis. It was quick. It was ugly. It was, you know. Yeah. Um, and so we get to this funeral and Vic and I are, are kind of serious. Um, and we're talking about the service and he, he never met my sister. I, right. we were, we, he decided I don't want to meet her while she's in a hospital. You know, I'll get to know her later. He never did. And so, um, you know, we kind of hoped my mom would say, okay, here's what you do. Boyfriend of sister. She said, I, whatever you guys want to do. And uh, Vic said, well, I guess I could come in with the family, but sit like at the back of the family. And I said, well, no, if you're coming in, you're going to sit with me. <laughs> and he said, so I sit in the back. it's like this whole discussion. And he ended up sitting front row with me. And um, this is the part that's. So uh, my sister had an open casket. This is how my husband first saw her, last saw her. And we're at the service. And um, I mean, you you know, Victor, he's, sometimes he lets things just come out of his mouth that are in his brain. And as he's looking at that open casket and we're sitting at the service and he leaned over and we had talked about this a little bit. His parents are cremated and he said, yeah we're going to get you cremated. <laughs> and I went, Oh, you'll be, Oh, Oh, you're making plans. And so here I am. <laughs> I'm at my sister's funeral. It's, it's one of the darker days of my life. And I was, <laughs> as I drove home from, uh, from the family dinner, you know, all of that stuff. I can remember pulling over into a shopping center to call my best friend who was at the service, you know, and I called her and I was like, Hey, listen, yeah, it was super sad. You need to know that he said this. I think we're a thing. <laughs> so that was my thunderbolt. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. That, that he moment where me. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, talking about me in the future tense, like, yeah. And yes. I mean, he jumped to the, the end. <laughs> I mean, when you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's a, that's a great, well, I hate to say a great story because it is, it's, it is, it's fine. It's, that's, I, I will say that's very, very fitting for, for you too. <laughs> it is. It yeah. is, honestly. Yeah. The first category is the romantic chemistry between the leads. So I, I think you kind of know where I stand. Where, where, what, what ranking did you give this relationship? Oh, one heart. You weren't as nice as me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. It might be that it might be my slight crush on Mr. Grant. Um, and you know, I mean, I am a person with an unused theater degree. She has like forty-two more movie credits than me, but I think I could do a better job with my Oklahoma Baptist University theater degree, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I gave them two hearts just because I do think there's there. 
you can feel the physical chemistry between them, I think. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, for sure. And so they're, you know, and maybe like when you're in your, you know, mid twenties or whatever, you know, that's very much probably a big component of what drives a lot of decisions. Uh, and so, you know, maybe that's the catalyst of it, you know? Um, so I think this is a good time to jump into, uh, so, and you shared this with me and I read it, I read about it and I was really glad you sent me the video because I'll, I'll include that on this video on our uh, webpage, but yes. uh, in, in 2019 um, for Red Nose Day, uh, the majority of the cast came together to make this short film of where all these characters are now. Um, uh, you know, and I, and like you, I don't want to, I'm still in your words a little bit, but you, you talked about like, they definitely seem to work on uh, the Carrie character quite a bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They looked like, I mean, now I'm, I'm at a stage of my life where I've gone to the wedding of some of my friend's children, you know, and, and they just looked like they, they loved each other, you know, um, the, the scene when they're dancing and she just, you just see him kind of off to the side, leaned over on him. Like they're both exhausted, but they're enjoying the evening. And, um, it's the warmth that I wanted to see the whole time. Right. So, so basically, uh, Charles and Carrie's daughter is marrying the daughter of, uh, Fiona. Is it Fiona? Fiona. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so much with these films. I just, I'm like Kristen Scott Thomas, uh, with yeah. Fiona's daughter. Uh, and so it's, it centers around th- this wedding, but yes, there's definitely, um, and I, you know, we watched a little bit of it. Um, I don't know if you saw the Netflix series made, but Andy McDowell is in that, uh, mini series and her daughter mm-hmm. is the main character in it. But the little bit of, I saw it, Andy McDowell was actually, I thought really good in it. And yeah, like you kind of mentioned, maybe, you know, she has uh, grown herself, but even though Charles and Carrie's relationship isn't the focus of this short film it is definitely, I think you use the word, uh, there's a warm, warmth to her now. And I, I, I yes. very much felt that. So, you know, now I don't think you can really lump that at going into this ranking. Cause I like, you know, movies to stand on its own, but at least it was a little bit like, okay, you know, so, uh, more so than the one photograph we get at the, during the end credits. <laughs> so, right. Right. Yeah. Where we just go, there's a, there's a child. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I, I'm kind of glad to hear that you had it low. Like I did uh, just, just because I know you like this movie so much, but yeah. Um, okay. I think we probably agree on this one, but the, the best friend aspect of this movie. The love story is the friends they made along the way. All five <laughs> yeah. hearts. I yeah, yeah. Six hearts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I agree. Uh, amazing, amazing supporting cast here. And, and as I even mentioned, as awful as I think Carrie is, I'm sure some of them thought the same thing, but they were very, very supportive of their, uh, of their buddy. So yes. And does, yes. Does, does Carrie have any friends? I'm sorry. I keep dig- <laughs> Like, no, well, just, her <laughs> only personality trait is being American. So who do you hang out with then? Like John Wayne, I guess. No, yeah. no, yeah. she's just going to be American with them. Yeah. I, I wonder if, um, I, I, you know, I want to see maybe some of the part in between uh, this, you know, 30 years later uh, wedding and the end of the movie where, you know, do they joke about her behind her back and do they, I, <laughs> they would, they're that kind of people. Um, yeah. I don't think she does. I, I think she just kind of assumes his life at that point. <laughs> um, 
So did you get a chance to uh, listen to the soundtrack uh, for this movie? Uh, I Yes, yes. I completely internalized the soundtrack. Oh, okay, okay. So uh, what, what do you, how do you rank this soundtrack? So in the moment of watching the movie, I would say Four Hearts. Um, yep. I like the uh, the Elton John covers of old yeah. you know, love songs. I think, um, you know, when you think of England in the 1990s, you could very much hear the voice of Elton John. It fits perfectly. Um, and the fact that they even use all those horrible, so well, horrible crocodile rocks, great. But, yeah. you know, it's a standard, it's the Cupid shuffle of the situation. Um, and, yeah, it's a great soundtrack while I'm watching the movie. To put it on in my car and listen, um, I think I'd go to three. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I I gave it four hearts. It was a little hard for me to find the official soundtrack because uh, mm -hmm. on Spotify, it's not there, but a lot of people had compiled playlists. So sometimes those are a little hard because it's like, wait, was this song actually in it? And I think uh, the playlist I listened to, a lot of the songs that were on it were some of the songs that the bands in the movie played, like the cover band, mm -hmm. you know, which I appreciated. But yeah, there's uh, there, there's a lot of great songs. And when listening to them, I, I just wasn't quite as in tune to the songs watching the movie, uh, but definitely kind of re-listening to the soundtrack. I was like, hey, this is, you know, this is really good. Now, it's very, you know, uh, there's not much ebbing and flowing of it. Like, it's very, yeah. you know, but um, lo is Love is All Around um, is a song I was going to bring that up. Yeah. The uh, wet, yeah. Wet, wet song. Yeah, yeah, it gets they end recycled up using it later. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the in love actually, mm -hmm. uh, so, which is kind of kind of funny because even hearing it this time, I was like, wait, I know that song, and I've seen That's love a Christmas actually a song, lot. isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so yeah, but there's even a, a Gloria Gaynor, you know, her famous song "I Will Survive", will survive. is in there, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, I think a lot of people would be surprised uh, listening to it, going like, oh, I actually know these songs, but yeah, uh, more solid than I expected it to be. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. So the fourth category I have is the chase scene or the declaration of love. I, I kind of frame this more really towards the end of this movie, even though Charles declares his love for her in that kind of mall shopping uh, scene that we discussed. Uh, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, but. So you're talking about the, uh, the, the probably worst line in movie history where Carrie says, is it raining? I didn't notice. <laughs> Uh, it, yeah, it's, it's so bad. And it w wasn't the person standing next to me in the veil, it's the person standing opposite me now in the rain. Is it still raining? I hadn't noticed. The truth of it is, I loved you from the first second I met you. It's you're not you're not suddenly gonna go away again, are you? No. I might drown, but otherwise no. Okay, okay. We'll go in. <laughs> so bad. Yeah. I, you know, th the scene itself didn't bother me. I kind of like the context of it. And honestly, being the movie that's so set in England, like it, it makes sense that rain would come into yeah. the, into the picture. A little heavy handed, especially, I, I think it's the last shot of the actual thunderbolt in the sky. It's kind of like, eh, we, it's we a little on the nose. Yeah. We, we get it. But, um, even yeah, yeah. What, what before I keep talking, what what do you rank this? 
Well, I'm going to tell you, I actually went to the Declaration of Love in the mall because okay. I I cannot deny David Cassidy. And so true. <laughs> I, you know, I gave that a five. Now, if okay. we go back to the end where he says, would you consider not marrying me? Um, that's got some charm. I'd give that a four. But OK, yeah, you bring you bring the Partridge family into the situation. I'm there. <laughs> uh, yeah, for me. Yeah, I, I, I kind of especially because that declaration of love happens so early and it's almost kind of to me in a moment that uh, she she's not definitely quite there. I, I feel like this end scene is there a little bit more, you know, on the same plane, so to speak, especially since uh, he, uh, you know, ditched his uh, whole wedding, which. Yeah, we didn't even did. talk. To, we didn't even talk about that. Uh, we didn't uh, talk about that. Yeah, we can dive into that a little bit more. One, I I really like the relationship that they portray here with him and his brother. Um, I think absolutely. I think those scenes really work. Uh, they're very funny, but also shows a lot of uh, humanity uh, to the two characters. And um, even though I knew what was going to happen watching this, you know, uh, multiple times. It's still a very gripping moment when <laughs> his brothers, you know, stops the wedding. <laughs> you know, uh, so. Yeah. You know what I, what I noticed about it. Um, and again, we talked about it uh, these years later. Um, I don't know how much you watch um, the British competition shows. They're so civilized. The, the great British baking show. And I haven't ever really. <laughs> all of them, all of them, my friend. And so, the way that they will just put uh, a character with some sort of physical disability in the mix and not ever mention it. It's not really <laughs> something, but I like that because it's yeah. very just, yes, this person has a prosthetic leg and they uh -huh. are baking a pie and it's fine. Yeah. And I think I, I almost saw some of that with David. I asked, uh, I asked my husband when we were watching and I was like, is this kind of like where they put the, you know, the prosthetic leg guy? In the, and he's like, maybe they do, but it's just never a factor that uh, that he's deaf. It's a great device, um, but, you know, there's no tragic story or anything like that. It's just David speaks, mm -hmm. I was going to say ASL, it's not, whatever sign language it is in England. Right, yeah. I wonder what they call that. Uh, it's Over not there. American Sign Language. But no, it's, no, it's, it's not. It's another thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, I... Even though we kind of skipped at, at that final wedding for sure, that whole, how that whole plays uh, plays out and his nervousness and stuff, just very very effective. Uh, but mm -hmm. yeah, going back to my ranking, I ultimately gave it three hearts. I, I thought the you know the the way it said, kind of the cutesy things they said say, say to each other, a little on the nose. You know, I you know I like it. I don't think it's the worst thing I've seen, but um, like we've talked about, it's almost like the weddings and the the funeral they kind of stand on their own the kind of in between scenes are you know that they are what they are but yeah um, so but despite all this and this one i think this is such an interesting movie to talk about um because i think it definitely has some faults but I, I think the good things definitely outweigh the bad which once again i'm going to say is the carry character <laughs> but oh wait the rewatchability factor to this movie what, what do you give it um, I gave it a four. Um, you know, when you say rewatchability, I always think of like, well, does it hold up? Um, you know, if 
I tried to rewatch Friends, and I'm gonna, t- you know, it's cringy now. A lot of the their humor and stuff is just so. Oh my goodness, would you say that? Um, this doesn't have a lot of that. It, you know, the mm-hmm. the characters, you know, don't say a lot. <laughs> as as much as they're kind of horrible people, it's stuff they'd say today. Um, but I did take away a point because it's so funny, you know, when you said romantic comedy and I went to this movie right away and I watched it and went, oh, this isn't, no, this isn't a romantic, <laughs> this isn't a romance story at all, really. Yeah. Um, and so that's why I gave it a four, but. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually gave the rewatchability uh, a five, five because okay. I, I just, I think this is a movie. If you stumbled across it for whatever reason, I think you'll get caught up into it and it easily. Once again, I, I talked about the structure of it. I just, I love the concept of just, Oh, okay. Is this the second wedding? Is this the third, you know, and how they all mm-hmm. play into each other. I personally could watch it. Just, it, it makes sense. That I was nominated for its screenplay. Cause I think, the way everybody's woven together. Like I, I, especially watching it this time, I I just kind of like just marveled at, you know, how everything just ties together. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, I I really, really like that aspect of it. And I I just think it's a movie that like you, you come in and, you know, it's just, it's a very joy. The, the feeling of that, the movie like gives off just being very joyful, uh, I, I just, I think it's very contagious. Uh, it is. So, yeah. Now best picture worthy, uh, <laughs> you know, that's like I said, I think it filled that slot, uh, for that year, you know, uh, but, um, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Like, uh, you know, when doing the research and seeing how much money it, you know, it made is yeah. just crazy. And so, yeah. uh, and definitely launch, you know, for sure launched Hugh Grant's career, uh, for sure. And so, um yeah uh yeah it this movie obviously connects with people and it certainly did back then it would be interesting Mm -hmm. you know if somebody watched this for the first time if they would have the same feelings or if they're like oh i've kind of seen this before that would be kind of interesting to see you know see yeah recommendations it sounds like you have some <laughs> time now. So anything you're reading or uh, that's, or watching or that's making you late to uh, all your appointments. <laughs> <laughs> Not really making me late. You know, I, summer, I want to be respectable on this fine podcast and tell you something really deep I'm watching. And I did, I went back again to my husband. Like, what have we been watching that? I'm not going to sound dumb. I'm going to sound dumb in a minute, but first, um, You've watched Tetris on Apple TV? I haven't watched it yet. Oh my goodness. Now this may be my age. Again, much of much of my watching here comes from the fact that I am in my early 50s, but um so much just the politics of the game. Yeah. And then the addictive quality of the game. I would not think that I could watch a movie about Russian politics and video games and enjoy it as much <laughs> as I did, but it is thoroughly watchable. It is, it was so interesting. So I would recommend Tetris. Uh, okay. um, I would recommend that you find your way to some of these British competition shows, honestly. Okay. Um, we are, I'm going to tell you, we, we've gotten deep into them. Uh, you may have to get a VPN to do this, but we have watched the Great British Sewing Bee. 
<laughs> these people so clothing and it is darling um they're so kind to one another the music is sharp and witty uh we watched the great pottery throwdown now this is netflix some people have seen this um this is what actually my husband and i take pottery classes now because we watch this and we're so fascinated <laughs> so honestly if you want to really feel the whole vibe of this film go watch some reality british not love island i'm talking like competition shows okay well uh it, it makes you make it sound like it, it'll make you want to add another hobby i don't know if i have another time to I have enough time to pick up another sewing or pottery or useful yeah you've got uh, you've got all these ladies in your house <laughs> now well, the it, trash that i'm going to recommend though um i'm you said i'm a fine teacher so i'm going to not worry about sounding dumb here the curious case of natalia grace okay some uh, friends were telling us about this show. <laughs> I have so many questions. Okay. I I don't want to give it away, but I yeah. need everyone to run to Max. Yes. <laughs> and then okay. and then contact me. Okay. <laughs> Maybe uh yeah, we had some good friends that told us about that show and just them telling us about it. It was like, "Oh my gosh." And the fact that she just mentioned it again, I, it, it's something. Yeah, we we'll probably have to wild. check out. Okay. Yes. So, uh the show I want to recommend, um we we haven't quite finished it yet, but um, uh, you can, we've been watching it through Amazon prime, but it's, uh, part of the freebie universe. So, uh, they knock it, they knocked it out of the park with jury duty, which we yes. told all our friends about, but it's a show called Primo. Have you heard about this? I haven't. Okay. So it's this coming of age, single camera comedy, uh, show, and it's inspired by Shea Serrano, who uh, used to be, uh, a big part of the ringer universe, which I really like, but he's a very pop, like pop culture guy. Like he's written books about scrubs and I have the, and hip hop and basketball, but he has a really strong following, but it's based on his life, but he grew up in San Antonio. Um, and okay. so anyway, it's, it's just a very like sweet show, but very funny too. But this 16 year old is being raised by his uh, single mother and his five overbearing uncles live in the house as well. And so it's just, um, it's, it's a simple, like kind of sitcom, you know, type of, you <laughs> know, premise. Um, I think there might be only like six to eight episodes, but we've been watching it with Hallie. Actually, it's probably on the PG 13 spectrum because uh, of okay. language uh, really just because of language but mm -hmm. um so not quite pg if you're watching but it's been kind of a it's been a fun show to watch together and it's cool. it's it's very funny so i'll check that out so it's it's pretty good so and with freebie good. there are some commercials but it's not like if you watch hulu with ads it's not quite to that level so yeah it didn't bother me watching jury duty no think uh, it yeah it, it was it, it was basically kind of on the same spectrum as that so okay but well i promise i didn't plan this this is just kind of how it worked with the schedule but we'll be talking about hugh grant once again <laughs> like we talked about and the next movie that we'll cover on the 50 best rom-coms list is notting hill so i'm sure you'll be excited to listen to that one i'm very excited you know notting hill actually was playing at the hospital while i was in labor with my son so 
Hugh Grant's okay. everywhere. Hugh Grant is all around. <laughs> well, um, as always, check out moviesatarelife.com for episodes, reviews, and more. If you love the podcast, please take a moment to rate and review it. Uh, this really helps us with finding new listeners. Also, I, I don't do this every podcast, but uh, please consider supporting us financially. Uh, every little bit helps us on covering uh, production costs, equipment upgrades, and other expenses that enhance the quality of our episodes. Your financial support means the world to us. And it's super easy. Uh, it's always in the show notes of the podcast, a link where you can just easily give. So if you feel like doing that, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks again for uh, returning to the podcast, Jennifer. Oh, yeah, uh, it was I, fun. I, I'm glad I didn't scare you away from the, the, the first time. <laughs> no, no. Well, I uh, hope everybody's having a great summer. And thanks again to everybody for listening.